episode of the NBA Report. We got a full slate today. We got a lot of topics. We got to talk about last night's games. The Spurs versus the Bucks. Nuggets versus the Warriors. Lakers in disarray. We got to talk about all that. Of course, we got to talk some Knicks today. We got my guy, Andrew, the one-two combo on one side. And special guest, Pee-wee the Plug. You know him from Through the Wire. But he's got a big announcement coming out next week on Tuesday. We don't know what it is yet. And I'm looking forward to it. But we got to say through the wire for my guy. <laughs> got to. One last time, man. Yeah, man. One last time. Gentlemen, how you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. I'm happy to be here. Happy to talk basketball um, with two people that I respect and, and have been able to cultivate some incredible relationships with over the last few years. Long time no see, but here we are. Yes, sir. Andrew, how you feeling today, my man? Feeling great. It's actually the other day I was in the gym and some, a couple people just come up to me. I saw you in that video with Pee Wee. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's my guy. Like we were doing Friday shows for probably about two years straight. So it's divine intervention. As I told you guys before the recording that we're here on a Friday. Ah, talking basketball. Okay. Yeah. So, and, uh, you know, got to keep it philosophical. Got to keep it prophetic. Um, we're here, man. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Well, let's get this conversation started for NBA Nation out there. All right, make sure you hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Make sure to share the link to all these videos. Let's start it off with last night's game, guys. Spurs versus Bucks, Wemby versus Giannis. We didn't get to see the first matchup, but this night didn't disappoint, man. I mean, you had Giannis dropping 44 points, getting 14 boards. You had Wemby getting 27. And, I mean, you saw the star power in both of these guys because it came down to the wire. And you had a, a nice, phenomenal finish for the Bucks. Wemby should have taken that last shot if he could have. But it is what it is, man. It is what it is. P, I'm going to start with you, man, since you're our guest for today. What was your thoughts, man, on that Spurs-Bucks game? Um, First and foremost, I, I would say it was exciting to see the star power as a fan um, of basketball and the NBA. But if I was a Bucks fan, I would be extremely frustrated. This is a... It's a team with championship aspirations. We gave up a guy who has been a staple and, and you know, a big part of uh, our culture and Drew Holiday to get Damian Lillard. And if I know I have championship aspirations, a night like last night kind of it shakes my confidence a little bit. Um, and a night where you're playing against a team, no disrespect to San Antonio because they have an incredible legacy. They're, they're not in a position right now to be able to compete with a Bucks team um in that close of a game you know what I mean I, I just don't believe that a team that has Giannis Antetokounmpo and Damian Lillard should ever lose a quarter to the to the San Antonio Spurs and the fact that they lost two of those quarters and a third quarter specifically in which Damian Lillard and Giannis played every minute was kind of surprising so um good basketball to see the star power as you said uh 25 points combined for Giannis and Damian Lillard to close out the game which is something that you do want to see on the bright side but defensively the Bucks have to figure something out, especially in transition. I feel like they gave up a lot of transition threes and points to the Spurs that allowed them to keep um, keep themselves into the game. And every time the Bucks kind of used that star power to separate <laughs> defensively, they gave it right back up. They were going a 7-0 run. They, they give up a 9-0 run to the Spurs. Throughout the course of the game, you kept seeing that trend. And I think when you talk about winning a championship, because that's what they're trying to do in Milwaukee, it's no longer just making the playoffs and being part of the conversation. They're actually trying to win the thing. You have to start looking at some of these performances and saying, man, come playoff time, we're going to be playing against a lot more better teams than the San Antonio Spurs. Some of these errors we have to fix 
and get ready and, and, and get um under wraps before we're facing a Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey or Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Przingis. Because when you face those teams, a 25 point, um you know, route from Damon and, and Lillard, uh, Damon Giannis might not save the day for you. Andrew, he's he's talking spicy about your Bucks, I, I man. I knew that's where you were going, man. <laughs> the narrative on this podcast is I'm the Bucks guy, P. I know mm. that was it. I used to be so skeptical, skeptical about Giannis, and look you where did, we were. are now. Yes, look, look yes. where we are now. Look where we are. Now. All right. Well, my biggest th- takeaway from this game was just the matchup between Giannis and Wemby. I mean, Giannis said Wemby is not even seven three. He's probably or he is seven three, seven four. He's not what he's listed. What is he listed at? Seven three now. Ooh, I, I always thought it was seven four. Okay. Yeah, he I said th- what he said. Like seven three is a lie, basically that he's. Taller than that, but just to see Wemby get that block shot in the fourth, probably had two plays that would go viral. The around the back looked like a glitch. It looked like a video game. Um, that block he had on Giannis, there's not a lot of players in NBA history that would get that block on Giannis. I don't know, maybe Manu Bowl and Rudy Gobert, possibly, but just to see him play this way, because I remember in summer league, he had one bad game and people in the stands were saying, this guy's a bust, the overreactions. And I'm like, hell no, this guy is like a literal, literally like a video game. Like we've never seen anything like him. So to see him have the spotlight on a national TV game like this was really good. And I think the league is in a great place with him and Chet and SGA and all the young talent with the older guys still playing well, like Kevin Durant and LeBron and Steph, even though their teams aren't successful right now. I think the NBA is in a great place. I got a question for combo. Mm. Yep. If, 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 how do you feel when you see him rest? Like I believe it was like a last week or a week ago or so when they when he sat out because he was resting. I hate Wimby. it. Okay, I hate it. I hate it because they even did so, like I know I keep going back to summer league, but they did some weird thing in summer league. Like he started and played two minutes, and they sat him down. I'm like, let's not do this. Let's not do this. He's a young kid. Let him play basketball. Let him flourish. Let him flourish, which they've done. Like I like the idea of Pop playing the press Maravich role and Wemby playing the Pete Maravich role. Just let him play. Like, let us see what he could do. And then lately, they kind of got him a little more role-based. He's playing the five more, and he's really eating at the five, which has been phenomenal. But to your question, P, I hate that they're resting a kid that young. Let him play basketball, man. Like, you know, injuries are part of the game. And I think playing more even makes you stronger in the long run, and it sets the tone for the rest of his career. I mean, no one wants to see the stars sit, right? I mean, that's why you go pay to go watch these players. I mean, that's the whole purpose of what the league is selling. They want to show all the great talent that they have out there. And so for him sitting, doesn't sit right with anybody. I mean, the whole, I mean, we see with the Clippers, right? Especially like last season where it's like this whole load management stuff. It can get too out of hand mm-hmm. and just let one be play, man. He's young enough where he should be able to handle all those minutes, handle the spotlight. Don't need to do that. But, but you know, Andrew, you kind of avoided what Pete was saying, man. It's like, are you worried about the Bucks for like, how they're they're playing, man. Like this, the defense has just been awful. I'll go back to what I always said. And uh P is here. He always knows I keep it real with him. We've had many of arguments on Fridays in the past. But um <laughs> <laughs> now I believe in Dame and Giannis as playoff performers more than any other duo in the East. And I think it's just that simple. Like if they end up playing against the Celtics, I think that. I just believe in them more than Tatum and Brown. I think even against the Heat, you know, I believe more than Bam and even playoff Jimmy. Like, I just believe in those two heart, talent, and skill set 
more than any other duo in the East. And I think they'll come out of the East inevitably. Look, I think a lot of the regular season, there's a lot of highs and lows. Like we just saw the Clippers were down and everybody was talking about it. But now the Clippers, nobody talks about them since they're good, which is a whole other topic. The Lakers won the midseason tournament. Now everybody's on them. We're about to talk about them today. I think all these teams have highs and lows and you got to take an elevated perspective and project how will things look in the playoffs. And I think with those two guys, they're going to come out in the East. Dame, like from a movement perspective, like he's still moving, like young Dame in my opinion. Um, there has been some adjustment period with those two, but I just believe in Dame and Giannis more than any other duo in the East, and I think they'll come out of the East inevitably. Are, are you somebody you, that believes that Jay Crowder coming back will make a difference for what this Bucks yes, roster is? Yes, I, I think he's a per, like the idealized version of Jay Crowder is like a perfect fit for this team. What were you going to say, P? I was going to ask, how do you feel about the team and the role players? You say you believe in Dame and Giannis, but I, I think uh, enough of us know when we study basketball and we talk about championship teams, it's more than just the two guys. I think evidence has shown that, um, especially in recent history, that it takes a little bit more than just those two guys. Because if, if that was the case, the Clippers probably would have been had a championship or, you know, Brook <laughs> Brooklyn would still have Kyrie and and, and Harden and, and Kevin Durant. Um we know Giannis and Dame is, uh, are going to be good, but do you believe in the other parts that they have to rely on in order to win a championship? Because I don't I don't believe that you can just win a championship with those two. I think somebody else is going to have to play a significant role. There's going to have to be some consistency from somebody else. Um, defensively, they're going to have to be on one accord, and they have some holes. I agree with you. I think in, in every situation throughout the course of the season, there's going to be highs, there's going to be lows, and there's going to be middle parts. And I think everything has to have a balance. I'm not saying the Bucs can't win a championship. I'm not saying they're not going to. But I'm just saying when we look around the league and we look at the Eastern Conference specifically, to say that you're picking them, when you see all of these other teams, it's kind of puzzling to me based off the information that we have in front of us. Now, if you're saying you're riding with them because you picked them before the season and you just want to be loyal to that opinion that you had at the beginning of the season, that's you know one I'm like thing. that, P. You know I'm but like if that. you're looking at the facts <laughs> and the information in front of you, that's where I start to kind of scratch my head because there's a lot more question marks with them than some of the other teams that I see. Yeah, so you're saying this is not NBA Jam? No. <laughs> Because then gotcha. we could just go, we could just go with Dame and Giannis versus all my two. You're just really legitimately two on two. <laughs> nah, but um, so I think obviously a key factor is Chris Middleton and watching him throughout the course of the season. It has been iffy at times. Chris Middleton like looks like one of those like 1990s guards that they let too early, like from his injury. Like you ever see like you look back at the nineties, you see some like guard trying to get to his stop his spots with that big knee brace. Like yep, we don't even see that brace. as much. Like yeah. in the twenty twenties, usually guys are like all the way ready when they're playing. So they went with some mode where they're kind of like trying to like manage his minutes a little bit, but we know he's not a hundred percent. Like I definitely think Chris Middleton has to be the Chris Middleton that won a championship, right? Another thing is like when a lot of these star players move around, why I like them in the beginning of the season and you called me out on it, you know, that's how I am. P like once I pick something, I'm going to ride with it. But I think there is some truth to what you're saying there. But I do like when you bring in a star where there's some sort of culture set, right? Like, and I believe there is some of that, even though they have a new coach in the books. Like I didn't like it with the Suns with Katie and book and Bradley Beal, even if they were all healthy, 
I kind of like the idea that they already won a championship there with Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, and Giannis, and now you're adding Dame. And I did think there would be some time to figure out. And, you know, there has been some up and downs, but I still do believe in them. It's not only because I picked them. Do you think that culture is still there? Because a big piece of the culture was Drew Holiday, which we are seeing defensively. <laughs> a lot of that is already gone. And secondly, Budenholzer was the coach. It wasn't Adrian I was going to say Griffin. that same thing, P, is that Budenholzer was that other portion too. Like the thing with Adrian Griffin, I mean, it's kind of lessened as it has at the beginning of the season, like the, the pushback from the players and all that. But I mean, you see that even some of the coaching decisions, like the rotations that he makes out there, like between whether you just leave Dame out there or Giannis out there, I think there's some there's some adjustments that he could make when it comes to staggering them, just like who do you surround them with? I know they the Bucks have had to deal with injuries, but the, I just watched this Bucks team, and I kind of go back to like my skepticism of the Celtics last year, where I'm like, this team is just too. Not the saying the same thing like last year was the Celtics were too formulaic, right? It's like we take a lot of threes, and if we can get into the rim, that's it, and nothing else in between. And it just didn't work out in the playoffs. And for the Bucks, I think they're just leaning heavy with an offensive style play that they've kind of abandoned their defensive roots, which is what helped them win that championship. And when I'm looking at like Dame out there, it's just you're putting a lot of pressure on Brooke Lopez, who's getting older, right? Uh, you have Giannis Antetokounmpo, who when you have both of them as like your front court, that's awesome. But then when you don't have necessarily have a solid perimeter defense, which you got from Drew Holiday to give some resistance. Like I, I mean, we saw Jalen Brunson just drop 40 on them easy. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to allow smaller guards and you have to compete against other guards once you get into the playoffs, that's going to be my concern. I mean, look, the Pacers have just owned the Bucks this season. You know what I mean? Like, they can't even stop them. So you're going to tell me like the Celtics are not going to find that and like feast or famine with them. That's, that's tough. No disrespect to the Spurs. I, I again want to say that Devin Vassell is a nice player. Yeah. Vic is going to be a nice player right now. Still some things that I, I would like to see more of. He's going to be a nice, but Trey Jones, he's cool. These guys gave you 34, 27 and 18. What's going to happen when you play against the, the the Boston Celtics who have – they don't just have Tatum and Brown anymore. They have Tatum, Brown, Drew, Perzingis, the boy, oh Perzingis, um, Derek White, you know, who looks just like Alex. Um, they, you know, they have a legitimate five. So it's like when you were struggling <laughs> – when you're struggling Damn, with the – <laughs> You're struggling with the Spurs. They say, P, they say P looks like Ben Simmons, so it's all good. <laughs> they do. I look like everybody. Wow. Um, that's my that's my biggest thing, Combo. It's just like when you're when you're struggling, and even yeah, Alex said it. The Pacers are a cool team. They're nice, but we're looking at them in the future. But for them to really gave the Bucks, you know, the fits that they gave them, even with Halliburton, it's just like really. And I watched them. I watched the last game, and they really started the game like, hey, you have Damian Lillard. We're going at him. I saw Tyrese Halliburton defer to Bruce Brown to start that game because Dame was guarding him. Bruce, get the ball there. We're giving it to you. We're going at Dame. First play of the game, boom, hook, hook over him in a post. Second play of the game, boom, put him in pick and roll with Miles Turner. We score again. Uh, the third play of the game, give it to Bruce again because Dame is guarding him. That is going to be a big major issue. And the fact that not only do you have Dame, the person next to him is Malik Beasley. 
I just don't I just don't see it. I just don't see it. Malik Beasley is good when you're talking about catching shooting threes, but when you're talking about defense and the fact that you just combo, Chris Middleton doesn't look the same. He doesn't look hundred percent. This team is in a shape where I don't think he's going to be able to get to hundred percent because they can't afford for him to not play. And when you have games like San Antonio, the minutes are just going to keep piling up for everybody. Because again, this is a game where Giannis wasn't able to sit. Like that's the old Bucks. The old Bucks when they were winning the championship, uh, or when they had those monster seasons a couple years ago. We the the narrative was like, man, they don't even get to play enough. Giannis doesn't really get to play enough because he's averaging Budenholz, thirty-two minutes, man. Exactly. Now they're playing against the Spurs, and he's playing thirty-nine minutes. Dame thirty-eight minutes. To me, when you go against the San Antonio Spurs, that's a night where, man, Marjan Bochamp is playing. 28 minutes because he ju- we just beaten them so bad or we're going to just give him some experience out there. It's not 25 consecutive points from Damon Giannis to close it out. I I, I just, it, it's hard. And again, I'm saying it with a balance because that also doesn't mean that they can't win a championship. Um, but it is something that to me is a little bit more concerning than, hey, you got Damon Giannis. And I don't believe that the culture is, is all the way intact there. What to be honest you, with you. What teams do you think have legit chances to come out the East? I think the Boston Celtics have a chance. I think the Philadelphia 76ers have a chance. Um, I think uh, the the Milwaukee Bucks have a chance. And I think I cannot count out the Miami Heat. I'm not going to count them out. I just I just refuse to. Um, and depending on what happens over the next seven, eight weeks, you <laughs> may get the Knicks, baby. <laughs> That's what I want to hear, Pete. That's what I want to hear. Oh, man. Uh. But just before we, I know we were, we discussed a lot of the Bucks, but just to give fair credit to the Spurs, I mean, if you're a young team like the Spurs and you're able to keep up with the Bucks like this, you got to be pretty inspired for what the future holds. You get a point guard out there, you know, things are starting to look different. And that Devin Vassell, not to cut you off, Alex, that, that put back off and he dunked his own shot. That was nasty. crazy. Oh, nasty. why was that able to happen, Combo? You tell me why. Why, be- P? <laughs> because because Brooke Lopez had the cover for Damian Lillard, and then when the shot went up, Brooke Lopez had to go box his own guy out. Damian Lillard is out of the play, and Vassell is able to put it back. Yeah, but that's too. But when but Wemby Vassell, they got a nice future, man. I like what the Spurs are doing. I think if you're watching this team, like this is just the t- this is just like the any young team, right? You're gonna see like some struggle. You're gonna see some success. But if there's any like beacon of hope for like this Spurs team, it's like games like this. Like you know that they beat Phoenix earlier in the year. They beat them twice. You get a game like this, even when you lose, you start seeing a young team just starting to come together. You see, what I like is that Wemby and Vassell just didn't shy away from the spotlight. Like mm-hmm. it got intense, especially in the fourth quarter. I mean, Wemby just contesting Giannis, as we discussed earlier. That's the type of stuff that you want to see from a rookie and just say, hey, there's there's potential here. And we should be excited about the future of this team. Yeah. And also, like, he makes the right basketball plays. Like, he didn't jack up that three. He made the mm-hmm. extra pass to the corner. So all that competitiveness while playing the right way is really impressive from a player so young. Yeah, they do. They, they have a bright future, man. Um, it's definitely things I want to see a little bit more of at some point in the season. I don't like eight threes. I don't, I don't think a guy of his stature and his size should be shooting five threes a game, and he's only making 29% of them. Um, at some point, they got to clean that up. This is a dude that I think he should be averaging 30 points over the course of his career at one point. He's 7'4 with that much size. 
you got to give him the ball and he can just put it in. I'm talking about we can, we can run so many actions where he just gets it and does that. Just that. He can do that 10 times a game. That's already 10 points. I mean, 20 points. Not to mention the fact that his size should get him to the free throw line at least six, seven times. You, we talking about 27 points a game. He ain't even shot a three yet. He ain't even shot a jump shot yet. So um, those things, hopefully, could get cleaned up when they do get that point guard. You're mentioning Alex. Hopefully, they can get it via the draft or, or whatever. We'll see. I do think Devin Vassell um, is the second best um, high upside player that they have on that roster next to, to Vic. And mm -hmm. hopefully, the Spurs see that as well. And, um, yeah, whenever you got pop, a generational should be talent and then a good a good sidekick in Vassell, the, the, there's no ceilings there. Shout out to my boy, Corey. No For ceilings, sure. baby. Fact. For sure. Shout out to Corey Tullabo. Yeah, just had no Tyler ceilings. on the show. Shouts to No Ceilings, man. Yeah, shout out <laughs> to No Ceilings. I mean, you just interviewed for something from No, uh, no Ceilings, yeah. Andrew. And we put it on the NBA report, so that's yeah. the first one. That's a yeah. great way to start the year. For sure, for sure. Let's keep the show moving, man. We got another game we have to talk about. Nuggets versus Warriors. This one was also a thriller. Just talk about two games on a Thursday night, man. You get back-to-back -back thrillers. This one, though, came down to a Jokic 40-foot game winner. Made it look easy. Good God. I mean, and you had all you had you had all the stars showing up in this one. You had Jokic with 34 points. You had Jamal Murray with 25. Steph Curry with 30. Quay with 24. You even got Aaron Gordon helping out the Nuggets with 30 points last night. And man, this game took quite a turn, especially in the third quarter, right? Nuggets were leading at the half, 70 to 63. Then the Warriors decide to outscore the Nuggets 44 to 24 in that third. And then Nuggets are like, we're not done here yet. We're not done. We're coming back. We're going to win this. Jokic decides to go on God mode, put a masterclass performance on. And it was there, there was nothing the Warriors could do to stop that comeback. And look, a 40-foot, it's just crazy, man. He just shoots that ball. I guess it looked like it's an, a natural shot, but it's natural for him. And for him to put up a 40-foot shot like that that just looked like a normal three, that was insane. But excellent game for the Nuggets. Crazy ending to it. P, going back to you once again, what were your thoughts about the Nuggets uh, and Warriors game last night? Well, you know, obviously when you have a comeback like that, I would love to shower and make this about the Nuggets. But, you know, real simply, that's that's why they're a championship team. That's what championship teams do. That's what a guy who has earned the conversation of being the best player in the NBA, Jokic, the best players in the NBA, they make those plays. Two for two. Championship teams, they're resilient. They fight. They're never out of a game. They showed us that. The best players in the league, they make those type of plays. Jokic did that. The main conversation of this game is the Golden State Warriors, unfortunately. Um, anytime you win a quarter, the third quarter specifically, by 20, 40, 44 points in a quarter, I'm, I'm, I should be able to go to bed right there if I'm a Warriors fan. I should not have to watch the fourth quarter. And it's it, it's kind of tough because I like Steph Curry. I like Klay Thompson, so I, I want to see them um, have some success. A part of me does, but then a part of me remembers the fact that they went out and got Kevin Durant after winning 73 games, and then I don't feel so sorry for him. Um <laughs> But it is unfortunate. They they this is a this is a team that averages about 15 turnovers a game. They didn't really turn the ball over like that. I know the last turnover on Steph is the most crucial one, but they had uh less than 10 turnovers this game. Uh Clay was making shots, Steph was making shots, uh AirPods was making shots. This was a game that the Warriors did everything to, to do to win. You knew the Nuggets weren't going to fold, they were gonna have some type of you know uh punch back. And the fact that the Warriors 
they, they, they couldn't close it out. It's just disheartening, especially with everything with the Draymond situation. Obviously, he returned to the facility uh, yesterday. He'll be back soon. But I, I don't know, man. I, I just don't really know what to make of this. And then today, um, earlier, we saw Kaminga and Moses Moody. They're frustrated with Steve Kerr. So it's a lot going on in Golden State. Shout out to Bob Myers. He left out He left out at the right time. <laughs> um, but I really don't know what to gauge and how to evaluate this team, man. And, I, and when you talk about the future of Klay Thompson, um, who's going to be entering the free agency this year, I just don't know. I, I, I have no... I don't even know what my expectation is now. What do y'all think? Is this a play-in team? Like, I, I just, what do you guys think? Like, what is, what, who are they in, in 2024? I don't Andrew, know. You know, you, you know what was striking to me, P? Um, what? Not to evade your question. When Clay Thompson started talking about how, like, this last phase of my career, like, he's really seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. And I never thought I would hear that coming from Clay Thompson. That was, like, a really interesting quote for me. So I don't know if they're all having the same sentiment, but to your point, like why not give some more of your energy to the youth? Like there's no reason Kaminga shouldn't be playing at the end of that game. He's been playing great lately. Like he's, even if you want to raise his trade value, like let him play. Like, even if you want to make a move, uh, but I think like you kind of focused on the warriors and, you know, to all your points on the nuggets were correct. I would also say like, what's different about Jokic and the other players in the league is that, First of all, he makes everybody around him better at an elite level. Like, we have some other guys in the league like that. But no pun intended, like, the Joker never shows all his cards. Like, he never shows everything in the beginning of the game. He kind of just plays the game, even though he has all these massive stats. And that then at the end of the game, he can impose his will. 1-5, pick and roll, 5-1, pick and roll, play the mid post and make the right play. Or he'll just post you if everything doesn't go can well. I, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Is that him not showing his cards or is Nikola Jokic actually a basketball player who's going with the flow of the game and letting it come to him without anything predetermined? Because I don't I don't know if a lot of our stars right now have those type of games where you can go in, go into the flow of the game. Mm -hmm. Actually, that's a term we hear all the time. Let the game come to you. I'm letting the game come to me. That's just a saying that people use. But th is this somebody who is actually embodying that phrase of saying, hey, I may not have to shoot a shot in the first half of this game. I might can just dominate the boards and get 12 assists and we can win. I might have to score for it. We see like we've seen this from him. So is he not showing his cards or is he actually just one of the most complete players in, in our time right now? I think two things could be true. I think they're both right. Let's say he, they just played a 10 minute game. I know this sounds so hypothetical. Mm -hmm. I, I think around the eight minute mark, he starts posting up or changing what he's doing from the first eight minutes as well. Um, I just think like he doesn't want to give you everything in the beginning. And then he goes to what he knows works. And to your point, like, I don't think Jokic cares about scoring at all. If we look like four or five years ago, there was a point where everybody was complaining that Jokic wasn't shooting enough. Like he would go through large portions of the game, not shooting the basketball. And I think he came to the conclusion to your point that I need to score I need to be our leading scorer for us to win championships and be the best team possible. But I think him and Jimmy Butler are similar in that scenario where they don't care about stats at all. Like that's why you'll see Jimmy not get the craziest stats in the regular season. And then things go crazy in the playoffs. Like he could do that earlier, but I think he doesn't show you all his cards as well. I think those guys don't care about stats at all, even though at times they get crazy stats and Jokic has some of the craziest advanced metrics that we've ever seen. 
I think he just doesn't care about scoring and he doesn't show all his cards from the beginning of the game. That's why I said that because I think those two are I think Jimmy Butler is somebody who might not be showing his cards. I think Jokic is letting the game come to him because he's okay. that good. I don't know if Jimmy Butler is as is is uh as good basketball player of Jokic to say I'm going to let the game come to him. We know we, we know what to expect from Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler is not a guy who has as much in his toolbox especially on the offensive end is Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic can make five threes. He can score all into, he can score 20 in the interior. He can do dribble handoffs. He can initiate the play. He can set a screen, receive a screen. Jimmy Butler is a versatile player, but not, not as much as Nikola Jokic. And 100%. I just wanted to, I just wanted to highlight that, that point that I don't, that's just a special part of somebody's game, especially in today's game to be able to just actually let the game come to you because that's an overused term that I don't think a lot of players can do because they have certain things in their game that they have to like Giannis. There's just a few things that he can do on the court and he does them at an all time level, but he's going to do this Jokic. I really just, I really believe he's the embodiment of letting the game come to you because there's nothing he can't do. Yeah, especially on the offensive side. I feel like it all comes down. It all comes down to game plan though. Like, like who are you facing off again? Like I know he's the best player. Like I think it's right now you could say like even though Embiid is having an MV, another MVP type caliber season, I think for Jokic, like even though he's the best player in the league, I feel like there's a game plan of like how do you keep everybody else fresh? Because Jokic could be that dude and just put up crazy stats if he wanted to all every single game. I feel like if Malone's like, look, we want to get all these other guys involved first because someone's like. Let's just say hypothetically, like, oh, you know, KCP is in a in a shooting slump. But let's let's make an emphasis tonight to really get him the rock, so that way he can get out of the slump because we're gonna need him at some point throughout the season. You know, he even brings in like young rookies like Watson and just like say, hey, we're gonna get you some runs so that way you can get caught up to speed because I'm probably gonna need you when it comes postseason. I feel like if you give if you ask Malone, he's like, you know, it depends on the night. There's gonna be nights where we want Jokic to be just aggressive and go get his own, and then other nights. It could be like, hey, we don't need you right now. Go be that facilitator. Go be that rebounder. Get everyone set up, which would kind of be, I guess, sort of in the vein of what Andrew's saying, where it could be like hiding your cards because you can, I feel like at that point, you could just go into the wayside. Like everyone's just like, oh, sh you know, like we got, we got Jamal Murray going off here. We're not going to worry about Jokic right now. Then bang, Jokic just comes out of nowhere. But at the same time, it's like the peace point where it's like, that could also just be the game like coming to him as well. I don't know. It's kind of hard, man. It could be, yeah. I, I can see where it could be both. I'm going yeah. off playoffs too, not regular season, because the regular season for the Nuggets and Jokic is. But when you have a team focusing on you on, on a seven game series and they're game planning for the entire team versus we play them Wednesday and we play another team Thursday, that's a whole different conversation. I just don't think a lot of other players have that luxury to where you have so much at, at your disposal. We see, we, I, I just look at a guy that I really don't know the answer. You know what I mean? Especially in a seven-game series because what you do game one, if you try to do it again against him in game two, you're going to pay because he can he can dissect what's happening versus saying, oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to shoot no jumpers because I want to see – like, nah, I, I think Jokic is just a little bit more better than that. You know what I'm saying? It's all, and I yeah. guess it's all it's all the same thing, but I just think that he's on he's on a different level and he showed it last night. I think what's I, funny is that, like, when you watch Jokic play, it, he just, like, he comes off with, he just has this nonchalant attitude where it's like, we'll never know. And that's why we're, like, over here, like, is it him hiding his cards? Is it him? It's like, he just doesn't, like, we'll never know yeah. the answer. You probably ask him, like, hey, man, do you hide your cards or do you let the game come to you? He's like, 
I, I, I think he would say, say I think he would say hell no. I think he would say I'm just playing and whatever they do, I got exactly. an answer. You go and then you go back, you try to write that article. You tried to do a pilot. Like I have no idea what this man's trying to do out there. Hey, he he's a talker too. You you saw him on that Michael Porter Jr. pod. Like that guy could talk. Yes, Jokic could, I, yo, yeah, Jokic he, could just keep going. Like you that was the you most know? random. I, I never thought that Michael Porter Jr. would be able to get Jokic on that podcast. But shout out to MPJ. You know, you didn't think his own teammate could get on the podcast. No, not not Jokic because he's just not that type of guy. You know what I mean? He's just off to yeah. himself. So, you know, Jokic is probably like, yeah, yeah, I'll come. I'll come. Right. Yeah. Podcast? Yeah, I'll come. <laughs> He's like, just shoot. Just make your shots better. You know what I mean? Like, just take better shots and show up in the playoffs. And, you know, I, I mean, got you. Yo, it, what's crazy is that PJ could take another leap. I think he could get even better. He's still young. With the Nuggets or without the Nuggets? That's the thing. Like, yeah. You know, I was thinking about this exact same thing with Jalen Williams. Like, of I think. OKC? Yeah, I think OKC eventually loses Jalen Williams. No. And Jalen no. Williams and Jalen Williams becomes an all-star somewhere else. He could become an all-star OKC. Okay. It's 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 him and it's him and Shay, man. I feel like that's those are the two that you're gonna I mean want, Chet's gonna scoring. be a he's gonna be an all-star eventually. Eventually think, he will be. Yeah. You think what you think they got three guys that will like could continually make all-star games? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I do. I do, especially because you have a guard where you have two guards. Uh, or I don't know because how they how they qualify J Dub is going to be interesting because he could be a front court player. He's one of those guys that could. You remember Jalen Brown? They they used to have trouble do everything. Like, is Jalen Brown a guard or a front court player? And he's going to be one of those guys. But I think I think they could be. And if they're playing as good as they are now, I can only imagine how good they'll be in two years. So they'll look like a team right now that they'll always be one or two in the West. And the top teams are usually teams that can get two or three all-stars. So, but I think the, the Warriors did it. The biggest mistake would be a guy like Jalen Williams thinking he needs to go somewhere else. Cause then he'll go somewhere else. And that should be a whole different lifestyle. It's, it's good being that number, being that number two, ain't always as bad as people think you, you go to your own team and you find out the pressure of what it's like to not have a Chet and a Shea. And you'll see quickly that shit, that shit is a little tough. Don't run away from being number you know, two. You know what's crazy? There's a million people sending me DMs. I don't want to say a million. A lot of people sending me DMs talking about how, like, Wemby is focused on every night and Chet is, like, the fourth option. Um, people I mean, have made me kinda, out to he, be people have made me out to be some kind of check guy when I've been praising Wemby as well this whole time. But I just get all these DMs saying that like nobody focuses on Chet. It's easy for Chet, and Wemby has the whole defense focused on him. And talking about that for like the rookie of the year thing. So I mean, that's, you said, that I that goes to my comment when I said the other day, where do I see OKC as final contenders? I mean, now that we're getting a little off track, I'm got to talk about the Warriors in a second. <laughs> I said but, I do, by the way, P. And I, I said I I said I didn't. I think I I think you need Chet to be like. He's shown flashes offensively, and he's very efficient. But I, I like there's a comfort where you have Shea that can just drop, who's dropping thirty plus every single night. Like not many guys are dropping thirty plus every single night, and to have someone where you have to focus on Shea who just gets downhill relentlessly, that opens it up for not only Jalen Williams, who's great to be a good, who's the number two right now. Chet doesn't have to worry about. It. I mean, look, you there's games where you see he's averaging seventeen right now. He's not asked to do much be, except be like a great defensive uh, like stalwart. Yeah. But yeah, offensively, I, would, I I probably would have had the same sentiment to start the season, but at this point in January, I, I'm with Combo. Um, until I see somebody can stop Shea from doing what he wants to do, the Thunder can go to the finals. Will they? I don't know. They're young. We'll see matchups, but they can. I I, I bet every dollar that they yeah. can. Yeah, that was my thing. Like Denver has been the team from the beginning 
that I always thought win the championship. But do I think OKC is in that pool? I think absolutely. I think they're in that pool. I do too. I, I, I think right. they're in that pool. Oh, this is what I wanted to ask you, P, because you know, team builder P, I always ask you these kind of questions um, about roster moves and everything to that effect. Like, and we've been hearing a lot of Laurie marketing. Do you think OKC should make a trade? Yeah, depending depending on how you get to the trade. I'm not giving up Jalen Williams. Jalen Williams, Shea Gilders Alexander, and Chet. And Isaiah Joe are staying on his damn team. Now, if you're if you're Utah and you'll take Josh Giddy, that's my question mark. If you'll take Josh Giddy, I'm doing the trade. If I give you Josh Giddy, Trey Man, Ujman Jiang, and some picks, then come on. But 100%. Anything, anything I don't think he's doing that though, right? Anything else? Well, he's the pick. He's the pick god. But I, yeah, I think he just want more for uh. Lowry, yeah, yeah. Right? Then, then I wouldn't do it. That's the, yeah, that's yeah, the good yeah. side about that's the good thing about OKC being them. They don't they don't have to make a move if they can. They should. But if he says he needs more, then you just hang up the phone and say we, we just keep going. <laughs> to get back on track here. We got the Warriors that P already kind of talked about. You have Moody and Kaminga losing faith in Steve Kerr. You guys, oh, oh, is it time to blow up the Warriors? Is it time to trade Chris Paul? Is it try? Is it time to trade Kaminga? Is it time to trade Moody? Is it time just to say this is all over? I mean, Andrew even said it that Clay's talking about the twilight of his career and he's only 33 years old. I was surprised by that. Oh, I was really, I was like, what? I was surprised by that. I mean, look, to be fair to Kerr last night and the decision making that he made, I mean, they did get the lead with Wiggins back in the game. All right. It was Wiggins when once Wiggins got back in the game, is that's when the Warriors started to go on that surge and get that commanding lead. But I could also understand I could also stand Kaminga's frustration where it's like, all right, now you're starting to lose the lead in the fourth quarter. Why don't I get out there? Because I've been playing better. Wiggins missed time even last season. And I was still playing well last season, too. So I I feel like I understand where Kaminga's coming from, but this Warriors team, man, it's tough. And to P to answer your earlier question, I don't even think they're a playing team right now, the way that everything's going down. I mean, yes, you have Steph Curry, but with the Draymond situation, you know, even though he's back in the building, he could just be, he, he can go get another suspension. You don't even know when, right? He's gotten two so far this year. <laughs> like that's just, that, that's just facts. And then the fact that you have young players who are still not getting enough time on this Warriors team that has shown that they could be contributors. I don't know. Now you can throw the Warriors in there as like the dogs that can be out of here and, and the Grizzlies just get back into the playing category. I hope I would hope so. To answer your question, you can't blow this up. There's no, there's no, there's no way to blow this up. That that's why it's ugly in Golden State. To blow this up, you trade Steph Curry. They're not going to do that. Who in the right mind would do that? Who who is calling your phone about Clay Thompson? Who's who's calling for Chris Paul? Who who is calling for Andrew Wiggins in that contract? Matter. You just said Draymond got in trouble already a couple of times this year. Who's calling you for that? Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody are frustrated. Who is calling you for that? To when I think of blowing up a team, I think of mon monumental moves, real significant moves that change the entire tide of the franchise. There's nothing on this roster that does that outside of Steph Curry, and you're not going to trade him as you shouldn't. You can't. You're stuck. This is what you have. That's the that's the down part. Is they're not just like a single tweak away from being a significantly different team. Like that's what's so scary about 
the 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 type of situation that they're in. So I, to answer your question, should they? My, I'll flip it back on you. Can they blow this team up? You tell me. I'll ask you right up, both of y'all. Name me three teams that are called the Warriors about Andrew Wiggins. Toronto's definitely one. <laughs> Bring the not kid after, eight. not after uh, they got their boy RJ Barrett. I, I think there's some teams that would call about Kaminga. And okay, tell the the Pacers call about Kaminga. hundred percent, the team I what thought do, about. What do the Pacers give the Warriors that changes the dynamic that they're in? Yeah, not anything that the Pacers want to give up because I think the Warriors probably want Miles Turner. Why? That, exactly. Exactly. They wouldn't. Yeah. That's not even. Hundred percent. That's what I'm that's saying. That's not. I don't even yeah. think the Warriors would want that because the Warriors know them damn selves. That's delusional. That yeah. that's not even. That's so off the table these days. Miles Turner's a pacer. The 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 years of getting Miles Turner have passed the Warriors. What about Bruce Brown? I I wouldn't. I wouldn't. That's actually I, not a bad fit though. With the, I don't with think, the Warriors. I, I don't think he changes anything there. I per me personally, and he, he has a he, he fits has them, an option. He fits up so much better than CP3. It's not even funny. Better than CP3, I think a lot of people. I, yeah, I would probably yeah. take a lot of people. Bro, you, I, I I talked about this for a while now. The reason why like the CP3 version of basketball, that archetype of player, doesn't exist anymore, is because of the Warrior system, and now the Warriors brought him in. What's the CP3? type player the pure point guard there's not a lot of them left you think the warriors stopped it i think having like draymond initiating a lot of the offense and being kind of like we we've had this argument before peace so uh, we're not gonna i get don't remember i don't remember it i don't remember it yeah we, we, we got <laughs> we got to a huge argument about the um about the steph curry point guard thing and i thought draymond was more of their point guard and you thought uh steph was more of their point guard but at the end of the day they shared roles right they shared mm -hmm. initiating offense and I think a lot of teams, not only the Warriors, but a lot of teams just went like, let's give your best player the ball or let's give the forward a ball to be a hub, kind of like Bam or Sabonis or Jokic. And, yeah. and the point guard doesn't have to come from the smallest guy and it doesn't have to be a pure point guard. And then when you're smaller, you don't, you give up more on defense, right? So yeah. you see what I'm saying? Like, I feel like I, I the, Warriors had to, the Warriors had to do was part of the reason why the pure point guard doesn't even exist anymore. I I, can, I agree with some of that, but the thing the thing I don't agree with is that the Warriors had something to do with it. I think I think that was always becoming the evolution of the 2010s where guards would just started to take off. There was a certain part in the league where guards were just so good and were starting to score. So you had like what the Derrick Roses, you had um, the Russell Westbrooks, the John Walls. They were coming in and they like hey. I, I could get 25 too. You know what I mean? I think that changed. It, Steph Curry is a part of it as well. I think that changed it more than the the Warriors having Draymond be able to cuz to to Chris Paul's point uh defense he had the ball because he was he was the best player on his team. He he's one of the point guards I'm talking about too. Chris Paul is a point guard who is a pure point guard, but his prime years he's also getting you 25, which is the same thing Tyrese Halliburton is but doing. But you would today. say he's ball dominant, right? Chris Paul like Especially in his heyday, yeah. But I think he's ball dominant because he earned that. Because he don't, he didn't, he never made that many mistakes with the basketball. There's some guys who are ball dominant because, like, they just need to have the ball. It's the only way that they're effective. He he is effective with the ball, but he also doesn't in his prime didn't make too many mistakes, which he is makes him like a exception or an anomaly, damn near. Because 
you know, you had him, Steve Nash, Jason Kidd. There's like certain yeah. guys who just didn't m- mess up with the ball. And I think that was more, that was more valuable than anything. It's like when they have the ball, we're getting a shot, which is always better than a turnover. So, uh, but yeah, I, just to circle it all the way back for Alex, me and Combo, we can go off. You you see. Yeah, we can go off on it. Um, I see that. I see that. It's all good, man. It makes it makes for a good show. It makes for good podcasting. But salute to NBA Nation for everyone who's tuning in right now. We got another episode, a fire episode of the NBA report right now. We just covered the Milwaukee Bucks, the San Antonio Spurs, the Denver Nuggets, the Golden State Warriors, threw a little bit of OKC topics in there, but we're back on track. But make sure to support our sponsors, guys. Make sure to support our sponsor, prize picks. All right. Fun, easy to use app. Look, I made my selections tonight, but before we get to my selections, look, I love using this app because when I watch these games, I like having a little skin in the action. And look, for it's just an easy app to use. You choose more or less for any of the statistical categories that you got for any given game. It could be NBA, NFL, MLB, hockey, whatever it may be. They got you covered for every single sport. But this is basketball. We're talking basketball here. So I chose my, this is my slate for tonight. And here's where I'm going, guys. First up, I got, I'm going back to Jalen Williams because he did help me out last night. Uh, combo. He did help me out last night. He did get over 70 points. He got 20 points. So I'm going back to the well. The play in the Brooklyn Nets. No defense over there. I'm choosing him for more than 16 and a half points. I'm then going with DeJounte Murray because the, the Hawks are going against the Indiana Pacers. Not necessarily a great rebounding team. I'm going with DeJounte Murray for more than four and a half rebounds. He's been averaging, he's been getting six in the last three to four games. So I think he could continue that hot streak. I'm then going to Nikola Jokic, who's going to get more than 46 and a half points, rebounds, and assists going against the Orlando Magic. I just see him feasting tonight just because who's going to stop him, man? Who's going to stop him? That's all you need to know. I then decided to go with my guy, even though he's not a Nick anymore. He's going, he's going, he, he's, he did some work the other night for Toronto. I'm going with Emmanuel quickly, guys. Going with Emmanuel quickly for more than 18 points. All right. Going against the Sacramento Kings, another team that doesn't play a look at defense. And then last and certainly not least, I'm choosing Julius Randle. Look, he's been killing it for the Knicks. He's a guy that likes to feast in the paint. They're playing the Philadelphia 76ers tonight. But there's one thing you can guarantee. He's not putting up that many threes. Okay. So I'm choosing for less than five three-pointers attempted and that's my sheet for prize picks where are you going andrew shouts the prize picks great picks alex so here we go i got colin sexton over 16.0 points that guy's a bucket all he needs is the opportunity hopefully he'll get enough minutes and get to that bam out of bio i think he's going over 4.5 assists an offensive hub he's playing against phoenix he's going to get right by Yurkic, nurkic and find open shooters and and guys for all different kinds of passes. I think he goes over 4.5 assists. Cade Cunningham, he knows I love Cade's game for a long time now. He's projected at 8.5 assists. The thing is, I don't think his teammates are going to knock down shots for him to get 8.5 assists. So I'm going to go less than. And then Hmm. Bruce Brown, that game's going to be really up and down between Atlanta and Indiana. I think he's going over 2.5 assists. So uh, shout surprise picks. Those are my picks. Shout out to Prize Picks. Remember to support our sponsor, Prize Picks. Use that promo code NBAR to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. All right. We got some drama in, in La La Land. The Lakers, Darvin Ham on the hot seat. Uh, you know, this is what happens, man. You, you win the in-season tournament. 
You then lose mo- more than, than than you're supposed to, and you got two studs in LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Of course, they're dealing with some injuries, but Darvin Ham tinkering with rotation hasn't seemed to find the the elixir to cure it all. And guys aren't too happy, man. Guys aren't too happy. You know when LeBron didn't want to speak to the media, something was going to happen the next day. You just you just knew it. So, and here we are. Here we are, Darvin Ham on the hot seat, getting pushed back. Yet again, even though this team did go to the Western Conference Finals last year, even though this team did win the in-season tournament, here we are. P, going back to you once again. This Lakers drama, man. Is it time for Darvin Ham to go? Should he stay? Or you'll get a LeBron James saying, man, this is what you do all the time. You bring in, you bring in your roster. You construct this team. We should be looking at you. Uh, Man, this is... uh. This is this is a tough one. Just just because I, it's always hard for me to really think that it's fair on these coaches that land this Laker job. Um, I I didn't I didn't think that Frank Vogel should have gotten blamed and fired. I get it. You know, whenever there's a um, a move that needs to be made, franchises think that the coach is the answer. Um, I'm one to argue that I think the Lakers may be in a situation because they're too prone to get rid of the coach. When you when you fire and hire a coach, there's so much time that is needed you know what i mean and i don't think you give yourself enough chance to reset um i think in a perfect world a coach can come in in a year one and um, all his philosophies and relationships and the continuity can hit directly and you can just have it all done but there are some times and combo is combo is play high level basketball it it, it it doesn't always work like that you know what i mean it isn't like nba 2k so um for me I, it's just hard for me to look past the lakers not having or giving themselves and their team enough time since LeBron has gotten there. It's just been like, uh, it's always a revolving door with the players, um, front office people. We saw Magic Johnson leave abruptly, um, the head coaching spot. And I just think that it's hard to have consistency on the floor when you don't have the consistency anywhere else. And even now, like they're getting linked to Zach Levine. And it's just like, anytime it ain't the most sunshine is state, the Lakers are looking for some way to make some type of move and splash. And like Combo said earlier, when you talk about an 82-game season, there's going to be highs, there's going to be lows, and then there's going to be parts where you're just moving. And the Lakers, they don't really handle these adversity moments um, really too well because it, it leads them to panic. And um, I still think they're recovering from the biggest panic, which was giving up key role players to go out and get Russell Westbrook, who never fit the equation on paper and on the Mm -hmm. floor. And they're still recovering from that. That led them to give up KCP, who was a champion with the Denver Nuggets now and playing an incredible role. They gave up Kyle Kuzma, who's doing his thing in in Washington. Um, They also lost Alex Caruso, who is now one of the most sought-after players on the NBA market, especially for contending teams. Um, Man, the Lakers, I don't know. They're going to continue to be in a situation until they learn to just pause and kind of figure it out. It just never seems like they want to figure things out. It's always going outside of what we have here to fix the problems. Yeah, I mean, I look at the Lakers and I just, part of me just puts this back. And this is where I look at LeBron James because this is his doing where everywhere he's gone, he's outside of Miami, I'll say. Like in Cleveland, he tried, he created his team. He gets to LA, he creates his team. There's a coach that he wants to choose, right? Um, I mean, he won a chip with Frank Vogel. Frank, Frank Vogel gets fired the next year. I'm like, was that really, was that the right move? I mean, you talked about a team that won the, 
that won the entire thing when they were in the bubble. And you don't even have most of that roster. The second anymore. year, second about. year, second year. That was they won. Year. They won. They got kicked out by Phoenix. They didn't make the playoffs, and then he got fired. So oh, then he got fired. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. So then he gets fired right after his second after that second year. And I'm like, was that really the move that you needed to do? Like, I felt like you needed somebody like him with that veteran who's understands like that veteran coaching presence to like really organize the team. And then, you know, you get a rookie head coach in Darvin Ham, and it's like, is this? It's it just screams more of like. I want to make sure the teams ran my way more than the way to actually function. And so when I see this, I'm like, this is not really a ham's fault. I mean, he got all the guys that you really wanted out there. I mean, most of, most of the team members, I think are signed with clutch. Right. So it's like between that it's, this is your team. You've created this. And so for me to see ham being the guy, that's the victim of all of this just doesn't feel right, man. It just, it just does not sit well with me. Wasn't it Andrew, all good just a week ago? It was all good just a week ago. <laughs> or three weeks ago. They were raising banners, man. What they did happened? raise the banner. They're raising they've been three nine six here. raising that since essentially since the in-season tournament. <laughs> no, I think you bring a whole bar up. All right. But like I don't know who to blame, really, the players or the coach, but I would say there's a disconnect if you hear them talk about the games. Because the players keep saying, no excuses. I know guys are out. We got to win. Every game is a must win. And then Darvin Ham is more like, you know, we got a lot of injuries, this, that, and the third. So all I know is they're not on the same page. Whoever the issue is, I don't know what it is, but there seems to be a definite disconnect with him and the team. I do think, like, we talked about how troublesome things are for the Warriors. I do think I would actually still put this team, the Lakers, in legit title contention, in the pool, in the pool of that, with, you know, I said OKC has a chance. I think Denver is the favorites. Like, I would bet on Denver. But I do think they still have a chance with Anthony Davis, LeBron James in the playoffs. I really believe in those two. Austin Reeves has been playing better, even though slow start. We get Rui back healthy, and I think they got enough enough depth in the playoffs to still make a run. Um do you guys think there is a move to be made that could really help this team? And is there enough trade pieces to make that move? Like if you guys got to put on your GM hat, I would probably go after DeJounte Murray. I think you need another guard out there that you can trust. I mean, do you like that mix with LeBron and DeJounte though? Yeah. I think it's anything's better than D'Angelo Russell on that roster. <laughs> That's how I look at it as, um, I guess the only thing is like, because DeJounte is so he, – he, he's a guy, as we were talking about, needing to be on ball to really be effective. Like, that's yeah. my only question because LeBron is a guy who likes to control the rock. 100%. Uh, that would be my only question. But the only thing I would say is that with DeJounte Murray, I'm sure he could get – I'm sure LeBron could get him to fit into what the Lakers want to do. But you need some more defense on that roster too, and D'Angelo doesn't offer you that. I wonder if they're. If, do you guys think they're they could be good enough defensively to win? To win what? A championship. I mean, I'm sorry. With 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 Dejounte with the no trade no or, with, no with the current roster. No, no, they're they're seventeen and eighteen. I don't think they could do anything good enough to win right now, to win a championship right now. So you you would say if they kept things the same, there's no chance they could win a championship. I'm never going to say there's no chance for anything with LeBron James, but if I, as a betting man and as an analyst, I would say I don't have them winning. I would pick a lot of more teams in the Western Conference to come out west in the so Lakers. Stra so straight up, you would definitely have OKC as 
a higher chance of winning a championship this year. That's a tough one, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, well, guys like us, us three are up here. All we have is what's in front of us. They're a 17 and 18 team. I'm looking at the Timberwolves who are 24 and 9. 20, you got the, the Thunder 23 and 10. The Nuggets fresh off a championship, 25 and 11. The Clippers are doing their thing with James yeah. Harden in the mix. Like, all I have is the stuff in front of me. Now, the tricky part is the history. You know, it is LeBron James. It is Anthony Davis. OKC doesn't have experience. The Timberwolves don't have as much experience. But, like, I mean, damn, the Lakers got experience, and it's 17 and 18. So how much do I look at that experience? You know what I'm saying? Like, granted, it ain't the playoffs, but the Lakers are not – they're not coasting and, and purposely trying to be 17 and 18. So I have to to try to look, at to, look into that as well. And – when you talk about the moves that they can make, it's there's no perfect player out there for them. You go and you get DeJounte. The scary thing about DeJounte, he just recently signed an extension. The the thing, though, is he is a clutch athlete. <laughs> so, Alex, you're on the money with that. But I don't think that they would want to tie themselves up with somebody like DeJounte at that price and for that length. Because if it doesn't work out, you're kind of stuck there. The second guy who was also a clutch representative um, is Zach Levine. Again, same issue. $40 million. Couple a few years left on that contract. If it doesn't work, it's hard to shake that. Um, I'm looking at lesser names. I'm trying to think like a guy who I love and, and I want the, the Knicks to at least attempt to, to see what's going on. We just saw the report before I, I came on here. Malcolm Brogdon. I Malcolm Brogdon. <laughs> we said we said only... that. We said we said that last episode, P. Oh, good yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, shout yeah. shout out to y'all. I I, yeah. I just when you talk about not and not even just the Lakers, I just think like for the me, Knicks we were talking about, by the way. Yeah. Oh, OK. Well, yeah, man, yeah. super shout out to y'all. I've been yeah, saying yeah. that for a while. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank that. That's good. Let's get them. But yeah. um, when you say put your, <laughs> your GM hat on, when I look at any contender team, East or West, I'm looking for good basketball players. And I think y'all just kind of mentioned that we're specifically playing next to LeBron. You need guys like Malcolm Brogdon who are good basketball players. He's a guy who can run an offense when LeBron goes to the bench. He's a guy that can play next to LeBron when LeBron has the ball in his hands. He's a guy that's going to play a solid enough defense. The only thing about Malcolm Brogdon is he does miss a lot of time. And the Lakers, have, you know, with their history, Anthony Davis has done a better job this year, but with their history and LeBron James being the age that he's at, you want to make sure that that guy that you're getting to be that next piece is someone who can consistently be on the floor. I really just don't see any really good options out there. There are guys that they can trade and they can maybe give them something, but they are in a place where they have to think about now and the future. You know, I hey, Zach Levine, I like Zach Levine as a third option next to AD and LeBron. But defensively, you 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 probably you potentially lose a lot. You potentially lose a lot. I love DeJounte Murray, but I love DeJounte Murray from San Antonio where he, where, where it's all about him when he's complimenting people. I, I don't know if I like that. We we see in, in Atlanta, yeah. he's there to compliment Trey. It don't look so sexy. So, you know, unfortunately, man, Kyrie come save them, but they can't get Kyrie. <laughs> <laughs> this is why like, like and we got those rumors from Shams that the Lakers are interested in DeJounte. And I know like, you say that it doesn't work with DeJounte and Trey. I mean, Trey just can't play off ball whatsoever. I mean, that's just the tall order for him. At least you could say with LeBron, like he'll give up the opportunity to be off ball for a bit. Sure, he's probably going to have the rock in his hands for most of the time, but with DeJounte, he can do what you just said, P, run the second unit while he's off the floor 
And if you're looking for a, a younger guy, if you're thinking about post after LeBron, he does, he could be there with AD. So I could see why there's some legs to that. Um, but outside of that, like, I don't see, like, they got all the wings. That was the highest this entire offseason. Oh, the Lakers got all the wings. They got all the wing depth that they need. Or is it just as simple as just needing Gabe Vincent? Is that the answer? Just to have, like, a Mario Chalmers point guard who will play off ball and uh, just allow LeBron to be LeBron? <laughs> I don't think so. I No no shot at Gabe Vincent, but I think they need a, a little bit more. Um, hey, it's, I think it's just as simple as this. Every LeBron James team that has won the main thing has had a surplus of shooting. Mm -hmm. You have Anthony Davis and you have LeBron. The other three people need to be shooters, two-way shooters. I think it's just that simple. I don't need D'Angelo Russell to tween, tween, tween and run, do all of this. Hey, go over here. I don't need any pointers and telling people where to go. I need somebody who can guard their man. Now, they don't have to. They don't have to be Ron Artest or Metta World Peace. You know, all NBA defense, but they are at least sound defensive guys who can make shots. Whenever Jay, Cr Jay Crowder type player, Jay Crowder, Torian yeah. Prince has done it at a decent yeah. level for the the Lakers. Um, and you know who does it? You know who does it the best? I think who? KCP. Who they had? Oh man! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Kuzma, they had Kuzma too, and he could run out. What's so great about him? What's so great about KCP? Could run out in transition too and make an impact oh, in that way. That he, he you know, the Nuggets that. aren't giving up. On, they're keeping KCP. For oh 100%. yeah, he, he, he but that's, that should have been the Lakers' mindset, though. Yeah, it should have been a, a clutch guy, a clutch guy. Unbelievable. Caruso, oh, him. I mean, Lakers. There was. There's been some malpractice over the past four years. They actually. <laughs> that's why I don't feel bad, man. That's why I don't feel bad. Like this is you this can't feel LeBron, bad. This is a LeBron James thing written all over it. But honestly, they did make some solid moves this offseason. Like, and, and I thought the Rui thing was good. Like, they did some good stuff lately. But there's definitely like with the Caruso and KCP thing. Like, I'll like even back then. I, we probably talked about this. P like. That's that was crazy. Like letting those guys go. Now, like yeah, you know, I mean, perfect compliments to to the guy to the guy. LeBron, when you look at Car Caruso's uh, Caruso's contract, four year, thirty seven million. How you let that go? Yeah. Hey man, they were they were star hunting. That's what the Lakers like to do, and they're trying to do that again when you got names like Dejounte Murray out there. But P, we got to ask you one question before we get up out of here, because the New York Knicks made a major trade. This past weekend for OG Ananobi, they sent out RJ Barrett, Emmanuel quickly, the Detroit second rounder, which is looking like to be the 31st pick. So it's a late first rounder. And then they got back in return. OG Ananobi, Precious Achua, Malachi Flynn. Are you liking the Knicks right now? Would you, would you think about, first of all, let me start off with this. What'd you think about the deal when you saw that come through, uh, through the, the timeline? I, lo I, I loved it. it. You know, it was, I think for all Knicks, uh, Nick fans, it was a bittersweet trade, you know, um, for me personally, I had just reached a point in my fandom probably last year at a playoffs or whatever, where I was like, Hey, RJ Baird, that third overall pick guy who, you know, we drafted in that class who, you know, we were, had hopes for to potentially be one of those guys or an all-star level player. That's not him. And that's okay. And I think, that allowed me to just love RJ for who he is. So I had I, I reached a good part in my Nick fandom of accepting RJ for who he was. And I, I had a much better time enjoying him being a part of this team because I tapered my expectation um, and understood this is Jalen Brunson's team and this is Randall. If we can get some all-star numbers or performances from RJ, 
great. If we don't, it's not his fault. That's not even what we're asking him to do. And I think once you taper that, it allowed you to kind of enjoy him. Um, of course, against the down parts, because as a Nick fan, all down parts are frustrating. But, um, you know, I got to that point. Obviously, we all love Emmanuel quickly, man. Um, you know, <laughs> but in this game, you have to give to get. And we got a guy who I think really compliments Jalen Brunson and, and Julius Randle. The fact that he is superb from, you know, the three-point uh, range, especially out of the corners. The fact that we have a guy who we can put on other teams' best players confidently because we're going to face him. You know, we're going to we faced Jimmy Butler last year in playoffs. We faced Donovan Mitchell and Darius. He locks Garland. up Tatum, by the way. He locks up Tatum. Um, we're going to have to face <laughs> Tatum and Jay and Jalen Brown. Um, that gives you confidence, and, and we were going to need that. And the fact that we only gave up the Detroit second uh, round pick, which is a, a late first round pick, it gives us a little bit wiggle room from a draft capital aspect to have hopes to make another move. And again, it's bittersweet, but when you are a true fan of basketball you understand that this was something that was going to happen. These guys were not going to retire Knicks. If you were really a Knicks fan and really know what we're trying to accomplish, they were going to get traded. You know what I mean? We weren't trading yeah. Jalen Brunson for a star, you know, Julius Randle. It was going to be a mixture of Grimes, Barrett, Quickly, and those assets. And yeah. any anything else was going to be cat filler or something like that. So I was prepared for it. You know, I'm not I'm not sitting here telling you I knew this was happening. I didn't. This caught me by surprise. But I knew when we did make a trade, it was going to be a collection of those names. So um, I wasn't heartbroken or anything. But, you know, um, it's good for fandom. I, I see Nick fans on my timeline. We're all one community. Thanks to Nick's fan TV. Um Everybody's still supporting them. I even see, we saw Julius Randle support um, them after after his stellar game, mm -hmm. um, where he posted them on IG like, "Man, look at the little bros we locked in," and that's good for fandom. We 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 can still support IQ and RJ, and they're doing their thing with with Toronto. And if you're really a Nick fan, you're happy for them because IQ can now go be whatever he is meant to be because it wasn't going to be there in New York. So we win, they win, everybody wins. I'm happy. And you know, like, I think when I, when that, when the deal came through, like I was happy because we got a wing that, like you said, fits between Brunson and Randall. And I was, we, CP and I would just talk about that topic ad nauseum <laughs> this entire <laughs> fr freaking off season where it's like, we need a wing. We get it. We need a wing. It's like, okay, so we, that means you got to replace RJ then. And then it was like, well, you know, it's RJ. Like, okay. Is, is it going to be like, it's like, unfortunately, that's like the tough part too. It's like when you watch how this team operates, you're not going to get rid of your all-stars. That's just, that's mm -hmm. just the thing. Even though Brunson hasn't been officially named an all-star yet, uh, you're just not going to get rid of those guys. And every time when you think about spacing and, and shooting, it's at that position where you need to have that somebody who's just so versatile. And that's what OG gives you. So I was more shocked that we got a deal done with the Raptors, especially with the litigation that's, or, you know, the, the lawsuit, I should say not litigation. Cause they're not in litigation yet, but the lawsuit that's, that's occurring. I'm like, we were able to get a done a deal done with the Raptors as a lawsuit's happening. Look at that. Anything's possible. And with the divisional rival. So I, that's what was interesting to me, but to your point, like, yeah, it's all love for RJ and quick. I mean, the thing is like, even though they're on other teams and it's not necessarily you supporting that other team, it's, 
you got to look at those guys as like foundational pieces that put the Knicks right back on track, right? Because RJ, when he was drafted, it was a down year, but his second year, they go to the playoffs with Julius and he was a lockdown shooter that year, right? He was shooting 40% from three and he helped to at least space the four that season. Quickly gave you instant offense his first year and then they just continue to help uh, elevate the Knicks play every single year from there on out. So it's all love for them, man, but it was tough. My big my big thing, as I told Combo, is that I felt like Quickly was going to be part of a bigger deal for a bigger name. I thought mm-hmm. I didn't think it would just be for OG Ananobi. Um, it is what it is, though, at this point. I think the team looks better. Are you confident about this team going against the 76ers tonight, though? Yeah. Yeah, I, I am. The way the way I heart has been doing this thing, I'm confident. I'm calm. When he when when he's playing the way he's been playing recently, I'm confident in that. Because again, to the point that Combo was making earlier with the Bucks, you have Dame and Giannis. I don't really worry about Julius and Rand. I mean and, and JB Brunson. They've earned the right for me to just not have to worry about them. They're gonna have highs, they're gonna have lows, but they've earned enough respect for me to say, be those guys. Y'all, they're all of those guys for us. So when I start to see iHeart playing the way he's playing, um, Dante DiVincenzo playing the way he's playing, you know, now having OG and the way he's played in these first two games, yeah, I'm I'm confident. I'm definitely confident. Now, in a seven-game series, entirely different question, my friend. <laughs> entirely, <laughs> entirely different question. But as of today, the way we rocking and rolling, um, I'm feeling confident as ever against a juggernaut Sixers team who was playing phenomenal basketball themselves. But – but yeah, man, I'm 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 happy with it. Um, and and yeah, I, I agree. I do agree with that, though. I can see that. I can see thinking if we trade Emmanuel quickly, you're going to see all the Knicks acquire all star blank blank and not like role player. Um, but hey, it sets us up. It sets us up. It does. It does. Andrew, I already know your thoughts about the OG and Obi trade. You've got you've now got to see the Knicks play these past two games. Much different. Spacing's different. All of that's different. Knicks Sixers tonight. What are you thinking about this game, man? What are you thinking about this game? Embiid, barbecue chicken for the Knicks. Barbecue wow. chicken. Now I think the Knicks got a chance. I love it. Like, I think it's really apparent how OG it fits in. Like on this team. Like it just creates so much more space for Brunson and Randall. Uh, I think what a lot of people aren't talking about like there was some redundancy in skill set with like RJ and Randall, like a lot of like bullying through people and just kind of taking up the same space, even though they play different positions. And I think OG, I mean, as Pete talked about with the corner threes and just his three point shooting in general, just provides so much more space and it's just such a better compliment for their two best players. So I love it. I think they got a chance tonight. It's going to be, and you know, they play Maxi tonight. I want to hear your guys talk. Like, where do you think quickly could ascend to on the Raptors? Can you get to that? Like Anthony Simons, Tyler hero. Maxi's a little tough now. Cause Maxi is, but can't you think he could ascend to that level playing alongside Scotty Barnes? You name some, you name some, you name some names. I think Emmanuel quickly is good. I think he's going to be better, but I don't, I don't know. We're gonna, we're gonna see Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero can can play. He's not everybody's favorite. Tyler Anthony Hero. And Tyler has gotten a lot more freedom. They are, they are, they are hooper hoopers. You, you know what the difference is between those two? And uh, <laughs> no, I think P. They're all hoopers. 
I think Tyler and Anthony are. No, 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 no. I didn't say that. I said they're Hooper Hoopers. They are all Hoopers, but I put emphasis. I said it twice. Okay. I think they're all Hooper 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 Hoopers. But I think the, <laughs> I think the difference between we could argue for days, Alex. Don't mind us. I think the difference between um we've been doing this for years. I think the difference between those two guys and um Maxi to combat sorry and um mostly to combat my own argument is that Tyler and Anthony are a lot more athletic. I think they're just better athletes. They also don't play with Joel and Joel and B, but that's a different conversation. Oh, I was talking about quickly compared to Anthony and Tyler. Oh, you said Maxi. Yeah, fault. I know, I know, I know. Because he was kind—he um, kind of used to be in that tier, but he elevated past that. Yeah. Now, I, you know, don't don't get me wrong. IQ is my dog. We interviewed him as soon as he got drafted, so I, I always had that tie with him. Plus, he was with the Knicks. Root for him, good dude. He's going to take a step, but for him to take the step that you're saying, I, I have to I have to see what this next step look like. I mean, what's the step from runner up, six man of the year? Like, what is the next step? You you said Mac, you said Maxi signed. No, no, Maxi's out of here. Hero. Maxi's out of here. My, my fault. That, that that was the old conversation. But, but then you would be talking about Maxi from last year. Okay. Yeah. So I think like that 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 is where I would look for him to get to. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. I think, yeah. Could he, could he be as good as Anthony Simons? Uh, yeah. Because Anthony Simons, we still haven't seen that be fully put together. We're seeing like flashes. It ain't yeah. like Anthony Simons has done it. I think he will, but he ain't done it yet at a complete package level. And I think, um, I think IQ, we've seen flashes too. I think my step that I project him for is like Maxi last year. My only thing that, I, that I'm saying is I don't want to sit here and project and tell you that I think he's going to get past that. Maxi from last year might be good for for quickly, and I'm not, and I don't want to say like the exact numbers, but the Rams, right, right, player, right, right, the Rams I, player. I, I, I love the fit with Scotty Barnes, by the way. I love, love that it, fit. love yeah. it. Do y'all think that. he's an All Star level player? That's I what I'm trying to get to. That, like, see, that's the thing. That's what I'm thinking because who? I think quickly, quickly. I think with this fit, move, I think the fit is so ideal that he definitely has a greater chance there than probably anywhere else. Like no, I'm, the chance, the chance is definitely higher. But do you think that's what's out there? I think you then have to say, that like, if Maxie. I had to bet on it, yes or no, will he make at least one all star game? Is that what you're asking? Do you think he's an all star level player? In like, it, I think, are we talking consistent, like, every single year, all star? Jalen like, Brunson to me is an all star level player. He's never made an all star, but that, like, you know what I mean? Only a certain amount of I players think, can I play think, it. I think he can, yeah. Okay. Hmm. Because if you make I think it, he's, I think if you make it one year, you had it that one year. You're not an all star level player. You just, you had that one year. But an all-star level player is like consistently at that level. Like Christian Leitner, right? He wasn't a really an all-star level player, but he made one all-star game. <laughs> that Christian Leitner is before my time a little bit. I think he, I think he can get to all-star level, especially if you, if like, if the team fits around you, and he's going to yeah, be a lead guard for them. Like he's going to have the rock in his hand. It's going to be between him and Scotty at this point. That's, I mean, that's why. I always look at it as that it wasn't for RJ. It was for quickly that they did the steal. That yes. they were looking for that. Yeah, I mean, they were looking for the guard. Um, a lot more freedom there, right? A lot, a lot less more freedom. Pressure. I think the thing is for him is that if he can just create on his own, like if he can be a guy that can break down an opponent without needing a screen or anything like that, that will take him to the next level. Because as of right now, he's it's either he has to get a full head of steam downhill in order to pass his guy. Or he needs a screen set for him in order to start getting do, to his spots. You, Alex, do you think some of that is the framing of Tibbs' system? 
Yeah, I think it is. I think for yeah. what Thibodeau had for him do, like what he had was asked to do, like he fit into that box, right? Like Tibbs kept him in a box of like the hundred percent man, and like this is what I needed to do. 100%. Now you're giving that. Now you're giving that chance. Like sometimes in order for a player to grow, and I'm sure you can agree with this, Andrew. Like you need that larger responsibility. To say, oh, 100%. I need to add this to my game. I need to work on this to my game. Like when you start getting like more responsibilities, it's like you start to expand that circle. It's like, okay, am I capable of filling up this entire circle to like really hone my skills? He just talked about like the sneak into the all-star level is different than like the all-star level, like being a legit all-star like Brunson. But I think in this league, the talent pool is so deep. It's so much about situation. Who are the guys that could sneak into that all-star game and quickly obviously got into a better situation here. And it just, but that's, yeah, I think that's the difference maker. Like the, the, like the top, top guys. Undeniable. It don't, yeah, it don't matter about the pool of talent. Shea yeah. is like, I'm getting there. I don't care. Yeah, it is stacked, but I'm still about to solidify myself. Like Wem yeah. Wemby will be Wemby will be that. For sure. And yeah. then you have guys that are like, again, it's hard to say this without knocking a guy. Um, but like Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray is a guy that suffers because it's so stacked, but he's still a very good player. But he's not, he's not in that like y'all taking De'Aaron Fox over. Jamal Murray. All right, you guys right? are gonna kill or, me. Or y'all not. You guys are gonna kill me for what I'm about to say. As of right as this season, yeah, you gotta take De'Aaron Fox over Jamal Murray. Y'all taking Jamal John ja Morant or or Jamal Murray? John ja Morant as a player. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, and again, I, again, I'm not saying it to knock J Jamal Murray. You're saying his skill set fits with that team so well. It it does, it does, but but and he's also kind of like I just never felt like Jamal Murray, and it could be because of the team has never hit this plateau of of player that's like he's kind of in that he's just in a tough spot where it's like here and he's always has kind of been like here. But quickly to me, seems like he's gonna be on that Connolly trajectory. Like because Connolly? Connolly. Yeah, Mike Connolly. Like where it's I, like I think I lean to that. I think like, I'm with you. It's he's gonna be really good. Like he's gonna be really, really good. But then when you look at the East and how you have guards like you got Halliburton, you got Brunson. You know, Trey Young is still in, in the East. You got Maxi now. Like, that's it's going to be tough for him to really get up there. And then all, on top of that, like, the thing that quickly does that a lot of those guards don't do is play defense. And, like, Connolly, he can play defense. I think that's going to be the comp for uh, – Hey, th thank for, you, Alex. Thank you. I, I think you, ju you just said what I was trying to say for 15 minutes in one sentence. That's what <laughs> I was trying to say. Mike Connolly is good, and he's all-star – he was an all-star level player, but he, he never hit that echelon. I don't know if I can envision quickly hitting that echelon. I don't know if he's going to be in that pool with the De'Aaron Foxes. Even if you don't make the all-star because you're not, I'm not saying be better, but I don't think it, I'm very curious to see if he could even make it a conversation. Did you think Maxi was going to hit this level already? With James Harden? No. When James Harden left, write the, write the ticket in. As really? soon as you I knew you, James, as you, soon as you saw, you saw this leap coming from Maxi as soon as James Harden yes, left. Yes, immediately. Wow. You can go go check the history on Through the Wire podcast. We all had him as our MIP. Like, boom. This is easy. Write that ticket, punch it. It's, it's no doubt. No doubt. Now, did I ever think Maxi would be this way when he got drafted? No, I wouldn't lie to you. When James Harden was there, no, I didn't think this was there. But as soon as James Harden leaves, it's like, okay, this, this, he's gonna, he's gonna take us up a whole different level. Actually, I do remember that clip. I do remember that clip making circles around here for for your. I think you did. Did you clip that and put it on social? The the maxi conversation for most improved. I might I might be going. I'm, I might have. I might I might I might have, or somebody else might have. 
we have we have so many different conversations, kind of like me and Combo. Com- you know, just to give Combo some love because I I'm I'm a guy that me and give Combo, combo like a lot this. of love. All right, give so Combo I, a lot of love out. I'm here, on right? Combo's ass a lot for when the the shit he say that don't be making sense a lot. Bro, we be talking. Well, first of was, all, it makes sense to me. Let, let's be clear. It makes sense to me and not to he me. Was That's a his big, perspective. He was a big Scotty Barnes guy. He was the biggest Scotty Barnes guy from day one. He's wearing red right now. <laughs> and a lot of people was high on Scotty Barnes, but he was even higher than the people that were high on Scotty Barnes. And people got off of that train that was like Combo when Scotty had that dip second year. Yeah. And so I'm giving Combo his flowers because he was, you know, you got. You you know you gotta still see the full thing. So Scotty Barnes, he got in that gym for people like Combo that supported him, and he he flipped it around. But Combo, I gotta give Combo that because I used to be like Combo, you know, yeah, Scotty Barnes, he's gonna be good. He's a top five pick, duh. But Combo was like, no, no, I'm thinking this, this, and this. I'm like, okay. But he's like, no, I'm telling you, I might take him over K. I'm like, whoa, what? And about Tyrese Halliburton. Tyrese wow. Halliburton, yeah. But the Tyrese Halliburton thing, he just failed so low that it was, I think a lot of people were kind of up on Tyrese because nobody pitched, nobody projected him to fall 12. That was insane. How did we let that happen? Yeah. That made 11, 12, 11. People were thinking I like believe Knicks, it. I couldn't other believe teams it. to. Yeah, he was projected, he was projected Bulls four or Knicks. Where were we at? Eight or seven? That year? Where eight. was the war? Where were the Warriors in that, in that, that year? They were two. picking somewhere, right? Two. They were two. Yeah. Yeah, they took uh, James Wiseman with that pick. So but, you got hey, Halliburton projected as high as four and fell to twelve. Yeah. Come on, some, some some people should have lost their job in front of that. But that was the that was that was COVID year. Everyone had too much time on their hands to really dive too deep into Nick pick. pick. So yo, that's fair. Like that, that, that's like a that's crazy. The issue. That over analysis will kill you, bro. Watch it play hey, five minutes and then you know. Hey man, <laughs> you can preach on that. But yo, guys, great show today. Great show. Thank you for everyone for tuning to the NBA report. P, thank you for coming through the through uh today. Please let please let the listeners know, man, where they can find you. If you got any upcoming work, we should be on the lookout for. P we the plug on everything. Uh numbers on the board. Some new podcast announcing um our, our next our big our big move on Tuesday. Uh, so stay locked in. And yeah, man, you already know what it is. Appreciate y'all having me. Anytime y'all need me, I'm here. Um Go Knicks, baby. Go Knicks. That's right. Andrew, why don't you promote that, that show that dropped today, man? Let the, let the listeners know where it just dropped today. Yeah, I'm not the biggest announcements guy. You know, I just like to let the work speak for itself. But I would say Combo's Court episodes will be moving forward. The video version of it will be on the NBA report under the Knicks Fan TV umbrella. So I'm really happy to have a place where Combo's Court episodes could live in its video form in its full version. We got to get P on the show. I don't know why P's pointing at me. P don't point at me until I because I told you years ago, Combo. I be doing a podcast. <laughs> you gotta get this on YouTube, brother. You putting well, here we are. Combo posting stuff on on Instagram. I'm like Instagram is only. It's not as big as YouTube, brother. We gotta get that on YouTube, man. So we're here, yeah. So we partnered up. Uh, shouts to CP for making it happen. Shouts to Alex for always being a great person to talk basketball with. Shouts to Gamba and everybody at. Knicks fan TV. I'm excited about this. And P, we got to get you on the show next week. With that announcement, are you super busy next week? What's the vibe? What's your schedule like? We could do the behind the scenes stuff right here. Whenever you need me, Combo. Right. Combo, we text each other on holidays. Yes, oh, we do. Oh, man. So, that's when you like, need this me, is man. real. Alex, this is really my guy. Combo, right? know my pops. 
Like, oh, kind of okay. Oh, 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 this goes my, oh, I see. I see where we're going. He keeps up with my little brother and his high yeah. school basketball journey. Like, that's yeah. combo is my guy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So anytime I don't know, I don't even know why he's asking me. Anytime he needs me, I'm there. Now I won't lie. If you asked me last week, I'd have been no. I had food poisoning. <laughs> my neighbor scratched up my car. I had a tough week to start the year. You know what I mean? So now this upcoming week, I'm a, I'll be free for you, man. All you gotta do is text me. We'll we'll lock it in and make it happen. And there you Sounds got two good. real They're ones cur- right here talking right, uh, talking live right on the show, scheduling out the next show. You love to see it. Love to see it, but. <sighs> Hey, thank you. Thank you, P, once again for coming through. Andrew, always thanks to you as well. And NBA Nation, thank you for tuning in for another episode of the NBA Report. We covered a lot today. Like I said, Spurs, Bucks, Warriors, uh, Nuggets, Lakers, Knicks. We got it all done today. All right, we got it all done today. And make sure to support our sponsor, Prize Picks. Use that promo code NBAR to get up to a $100 match. And we'll catch you next time, guys. Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays at 3 p.m. You already know the deal. All right, guys, we out.